Hi, and welcome to this edition of Criminal Justice Natters with me, Ed Johnston. Today, we are joined by Sandy Greenman, who is Stephen Avery's closest friend. And in the wake of Kathleen Zellner's news last week, that there is a new witness with sworn testimony in terms of what he saw on the day when he believed it when he believed he saw Bobby Dassey and another man pushing Teresa Halbuck's vehicle onto the Avery salvage yard. Um, in light of this news, I thought it would be really interesting to get an update from Sandy in terms of how Stephen is feeling and how, how the family are and what might be the next steps in terms of Stephen Avery's appeal. So let's get to it. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for joining us today on Criminal Justice Matters. It's, it's great to have you here. Hello, Ed. I can call you Ed, right? Of course you can. Yeah, absolutely. Of course you can. Yes. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Good, good, good. Um, so we'll get right to it. Um, there was some big news last week from Kathleen. Uh, what was your reaction to the news? Over the moon. Over the moon. I was so happy. Yes, I was. Uh, it was finally some truth coming out is the way I felt about it. Somebody finally got through to Kathleen and should make quite a difference with new evidence like that. And um, uh, what do you think that the the new evidence will actually do? like in terms of the process in Wisconsin? What what do you think the new evidence will allow to happen? What would be the next steps here? I would hope that we would get an evidentiary hearing and a, and a chance to present that evidence. Now she has filed for a remand and stay on the appeal. We haven't gotten the answer from them yet. Uh, got the reply from the state, and of course they're against it. But I would think that if the appellate court remands it back to the circuit court, that they would order an evidentiary hearing, and we can bring this man into it as a, as a witness, hopefully. And he's got a sworn affidavit. I would assume he's going to testify if we get a hearing. And mm -hmm. at least it shows that someone else was involved with planting that vehicle. On, yeah. the, on the salvage yard and that to me is the first step in proving his innocence that's that's a real first step it's a real person that's out there saying this is what i saw yeah so i'm hoping it leads to a hearing okay and on the basis of that hearing if that is all successful and the evidence get gets heard in court what would happen to stephen then I would imagine it would lead to a new trial uh, to just start over again, more or less. And they'd have to overturn his conviction, I suppose, before they could have a new trial. Now, that's KZ's territory. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can't, I'm just going to add this. I just can't believe that the state would want to pay the money out to actually try this man again. Yeah. I, I don't believe that they're going to do that in my mind. Not in KZ's mind necessarily, but my mind. I can't see they'd want to do that because certainly he'll be found innocent this time. There's just too much with all the evidence that she uncovered, you know, debunking what was there, more or less. I can't see that they'd go through that again. No, and I, I suppose for any prosecutor that's going to take that case on, that's going to be a massive uphill battle in terms of how this case is 
exploded around the world over the last sort of five to, to, to six years, you know? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, that would be some case. <laughs> they start over again with a trial <laughs> like that. Absolutely. Was the news unexpected? When I interviewed Kathleen a couple of, uh, about five or six weeks ago, mm -hmm. I got a, the, I got a distinct impression from her, her that she was really close to saying something, and I thought she was quite candid in her explanations in terms of that she knows who's done this. And I don't think I've ever interviewed a defence lawyer, and I've interviewed many, um, both for the channel and for uh, work purposes. But I don't know if I've met anyone with the degree of certainty that, that, that she, she, the impression she gave me. Um, did, was it unexpected news or has this been in the pipeline for a little while? I think she's always been confident. When she took the case, uh, she had told me that she would not take a case that she wasn't 100% sure the person was innocent. And when she first met Stephen and interviewed him for a lengthy period of time, she said 110% innocent. So she knew from the start that she was going to win this case. Yeah. And she's been confident right from the start. I've never talked to her when she wasn't confident. And she knows a lot more than what I know that she knows, you know, yeah. That, yeah. that I don't know what she's got. And that's a good thing because she's got evidence that hopefully would come out in an evidentiary hearing uh, that hasn't been on paper. This is my idea anyway, mm -hmm. that I think that she does. Because she's constantly investigating. You know, she hasn't just let it go. She's and wait for the appellate court to act. She's looking into all kinds of things that Stephen has asked her about. Uh, when he asks her to do something, she does it. She'll yeah. go and investigate it. So she's not sitting still and waiting for their decision. So we know she's got stuff that's going to come out, even though I can't tell you what it is. And she won't either. Probably no. is no. for the courts, you know. And um, I think that's a good thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds so interesting in terms of as an outsider looking in to this case to see how it develops. I mean, there, there, there's so many theories and so many ideas out there that to actually get some sort of tangible evidence to, to support no. Stephen's innocence, I, I, I think is great. Oh, I know. You know, that's why it was such a wonderful feeling the other day when when that came out and uh, this other man now that's been, I, that the guy couldn't identify, Mr. Sawinski couldn't identify him, but I believe she knows who he is. And okay. hopefully, yes, hopefully she has made arrangements to speak with him and find out what his story is. Mm. Uh, was he there? What did he do? Why did he do it? You know, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. And I'm hoping he will be truthful no matter what his part was in it. Do you, do you think you know who he, I'm not going to ask you to name him, but do you, you have a suspicion as to who he is as well? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, in terms of the, the news la last week, um, how did Stephen's mum and dad react? I haven't talked to either one of them. Mama A is in a nursing home. And I have not been able to see her since the last of October. I haven't seen her in almost six months. Okay. And I talked to her on the phone, but he can't hear. So we didn't have much of a conversation. <laughs> it was a one-way conversation. Him yeah. talking 
trying to scream at him. <laughs> but you, know, um, you don't even have to ask the question. You know that they'd be yeah. happy about this because it's a positive thing. So you and, know they would be. And and in terms of uh, Stephen's reaction to the news, is was it unexpected to him, or was he aware that something's going to come out? Or he was he was aware of it, but just recent. Uh, just very recent, but he was very, very happy about it. <laughs> he was excited because he thought, finally, some truth. You know, more or less my reaction. Finally, yeah. some truth. That not just speculation that this happened or that happened. Maybe this is telling us what really happened. Uh, yeah. How the car got to the Avery salvage yard. How did it get there? We know she left, uh, Teresa. So how did it get back there? Who put it back there? So this is the start of looking into that. To me, it's just the start of uncovering the real truth. But you've got to start somewhere, and this is a good way. At least it's given us hope. Yes, yeah. And and, and it, it's nice to have that sort of refreshing hope opposed to sort of, you know, dead dead ends as well. So oh, yes. something positive. Oh, yes. You'll have to keep a positive attitude and Stephen has a positive attitude and that's what's so good you know that he keeps positive no matter what's going on around him he still thinks I'm getting out of here you know yes I know it's just a matter of time and we all have to have that attitude I don't know where we'd be if we didn't and in terms of that attitude how does how does Stephen keep that that positivity after everything that he's been through uh, within the justice system in, in his whole life. How does he remain positive? Well, I think he's a very strong human being, mentally uh, and emotionally. He is very strong, or he couldn't do it. Uh, right now, I think it's hope in KZ, uh, love from supporters. All that plays a part in his well-being. That's why letters are so important and why the phone is so important to Stephen. He calls several people. And, you know, supporters. And he needs that uplifting. Anybody would. Uh, he's sitting locked in this tiny cell and can't be pleasant. No. But he, he's strong. There's no doubt in my mind he's a very strong person. I couldn't um, do it. Ed. No, no, me, me either. Um, no, I, I think it's an incredible uh, testament to, to his mentality that, that he's be, been able to you know, just keep going, basically. Oh, yeah. um, I think yeah. that's fantastic. And I'm sure he is, but is Stephen aware of the the sort of waves of support that, that he that he has around the world, not, not just in Wisconsin, but around the world generally? Oh, yes. Yes. I read an awful lot of the posts and comments that people make on the groups to him. Uh, in fact, I took my phone over to Mama the last visit I had and read them all to her. And just to give her a little positive feeling about, you know, supporters out there and that there are a lot of people in the world. And, oh, as you're in another country, all um, the different yeah. countries. Yeah, there's so many different countries that have been represented in this. And, of course, we have the negative people as well out there that say it's never going to happen. And I try not to tell him about those. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know. in, ter in terms of your your local area in Wisconsin, so you, you know wh wh where you live, does mm -hmm. is there a degree of negativity in the general public's mind, or or are they positive, or is it a fifty fifty split? 
Uh, I think it's more like 75-25. I think there's still 75 that think that he's guilty okay. around the Manitowoc area. Yeah, that, there's a lot of people that have not been won over by the documentary or all the talk about it. But there's more around my general area where I live that's more positive now than they ever were. When I first started with this case, people hated me. They thought, oh, wow, what's her problem? You know, and just assuming he was guilty because he was found guilty mm -hmm. and yeah. he was arrested, period. Yeah. But I think it's I may be off on the percentage that but I would more go 75 to 25 because the Manitowoc area is still you can talk to people and they'll just give you this odd look, you know, like, yeah. well, we know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Can't, I, I can't change their minds. No, no, indeed. And I suppose the only people's minds that anyone needs to change is the courts, and they'll hopefully consider the evidence and, you know, Stephen right. will get a, a fairer shake this way. But uh, for, for, again, from an outsider looking in, I, I, I do find that quite surprising because I thought the documentary was extremely well done. Um, I, I thought that, that there was a degree of balance between the prosecution and the defence side, it wasn't just defence-centric, but I just think there's so many holes in this particular case that you can't possibly lean to any form of, you know, that that's a solid conviction. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I find that, that number, even though it's a guess, uh, quite surprising. So um, how, how does Stephen sort of fulfil his days in whilst he's incarcerated at the moment what does he do during the day uh, he does a lot of reading car and truck magazines i'll tell you he loves his magazines and his books yeah he spends a lot of time uh thinking about vehicles and what he's going to buy when he gets out and what he's going to do with them when he gets out how he's going to change the vehicles when he gets out and of course he spends a lot of time on the phone they bring it to him uh it has to be on their their terms of course mm -hmm. but he's a lot of time on that and also he like writes a lot of letters yeah uh, not as much as he did for a while uh, i think he's kind of <laughs> gotten tired of writing but he does yeah. have a type. he could type them uh but yeah that's about it i mean watching a little bit of tv and writing letters and yeah. reading his magazines he, he likes to look at those pictures on there and read all about the different types of cars trucks and yeah over the road vehicles and all kinds of things yeah absolutely yeah um like so, so people can still write to Stephen. they could they could oh, they, yeah. they could yeah okay well, oh yeah encourage, i encourage, encourage it yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah um i've got a couple of questions from facebook um that i'll run by you if that's okay uh jesse alexander asks do you think if this case is resolved that there will be any type of reform of the wisconsin criminal justice system Oh, that's what Steve and I have been hoping for for years, that this case will make a difference. And constantly talking about that for the last 15 years, that we definitely need to help in any way that we can, and of course the general public as well, of getting a lot of reform out there. Our governor that's been in, in office about three years now, I guess, he ran on that platform that he was going to do something about criminal justice reform. And he organized what he called a council. And I think there's 30 some people on it. But as far as I know, nothing's been done. I don't yeah. know if they've even had a meeting. 
but I know that he was on board to do something about justice. And I should say injustice, because there's a lot of it around here. It isn't just Stephen's case. Uh, There's a lot of it, but there's a lot of it in other states as well. You know, there's there's a lot of it, wrongfully convicted people that spend years in in prison, and then they find out, oh, they had the wrong person. Take a look at Stephen's first case. Yeah. Uh, Something should have been done after that. And, of course, you know what happened after that was the murder. Mm-hmm. So that took care of the Avery bill and everything else. But uh, yes, there's got to be some criminal justice reform. And, and I think the public needs to get involved. And I know Stephen wants to. And I've always wanted to since I knew about this case, since I knew about Stephen. So I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping there will be. It won't happen overnight, but gradually we can do something to, to reform it has to be. It can't happen to other people like it's happened to Stephen twice. It can't. No, no and, and I wonder as well, because the sheer magnitude of the reforms, because like you say, this will be the second time that it's happened to Stephen. I, I wonder if those in power are, are scared of um, <laughs> having to make changes because obviously something definitely needs to be done. Um, Paul Clark asks, uh, and again, this is in your your opinion, Paul Clark asks, when found innocent, what justice can we see against Kratz, Peterson, Lake, Colburn, etc., for the blatant violations against innocent men, one of whom was for a second time? It feels like it's a vindictive witch hunt against Stephen Avery. It's exactly what it feels like. You know, they are protected. Law enforcement's protected. And that's another thing that needs to change. I don't believe that law enforcement prosecutors and everything else should have that protection. Mm. Uh, if it, you should be able to bring a lawsuit against them. Stephen should be able to get out and, and bring a lawsuit against these people that have actually broken the law. And there's some there that actually broke the law. Uh, if Well, I'll, I'll yeah. just give you an example was giving the bones to the Hallbuck family. That's yeah. against the law. It was against God's own law, and still he was the one that did it. So there should be able to be brought a, a lawsuit against these people that break the law. They, they shouldn't be above the law, but they are right now, and that's another part of reform. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I don't know what will happen if anything can be done later. I know Steve talks about it all the time. I'll sue him. I'll sue him. Well, maybe you will, but where, how far will you get with it? You know? Yeah. It's something that needs to be addressed after he gets out. But absolutely. It, absolutely. They just need that protection taken away from them, at least part of that protection. They should have to face uh, the law, just like, you know, breaking the law, just like anyone else. Uh, absolutely. And I, I suppose the, the idea of the, the rule of law and the idea that, you know, everybody is equal before the law, regardless of status or position. So, um, yeah, they, right. they absolutely right. should. Uh, Sonia Barnes asks, when the case is resolved, what lessons can be learned from it and what procedures will be put in place to stop this from happening again? I think we kind of touched on this, but if you if you could pick one lesson that could be learned from this, what, what would that be? Stop planting evidence. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's just something in my mind. They should use exactly what they find, not what their their made up narrative is. Uh, they have to, I believe, investigators, for one thing, 
need to take more time, more patience maybe with their case and, and not have tunnel vision on one person like they did with Stephen. I'm talking about the investigators here, not the, the prosecutor, but the investigators, they had tunnel vision from day one with Stephen. So maybe let's not do that anymore. Let's, let's learn a lesson from this because it's happened twice to Stephen. It was tunnel vision before. And he didn't even know what they were talking about when they arrested him. And that's what they need to do. I, I think that should be reformed before anything else. Let's take our time. Let's not zero in on one person. Just because uh, Teresa Halbach went to the Avery salvage yard does not mean she was killed there. Does yeah. not mean that Stephen was the last pers person to see her alive. Let's investigate it. Don't you know, throw him to the wolves before it even is investigated. Because that's what they did. They didn't want to talk about anybody else. They, they didn't think it was necessary. Didn't matter who else was on the property that day. It was still Stephen that did it. And yeah. that's tunnel vision from day one. So that needs to change for one. <laughs> but yeah. there's a lot of other things. Uh, absolutely. And um, Do you think that tunnel vision would have existed if there wasn't this case hanging over the state in terms of Stephen's first wrongful conviction? Do you think that's the reason? I do. Yeah. Uh, I think it had the most to do with it. Yes, yeah. I do. Our uh, AG, our attorney general had said on TV, I, there's no way I'm going to pay that man that much money. And that was from the first case. And she made sure that they didn't. Uh, yeah. And yes, I think it had a lot to do with it. Yeah, it, I, I think what, after watching the documentary and sort of re reading about the case, I think it's hard not to hold that opinion yeah. and that's right. obviously very worrying. I've got one final question for you from Louise Ebeck uh, for, from, on Facebook. Um, on a personal level, how do you feel Stephen will cope when he's free? Um, for example, is he so institutionalised after spending more than half his life in prison? Um, you know, how, how is he going to adjust to living in the, the real world? I think he's going to have a very hard time. I know he did the first time. Uh, what confused him the most was gas pumps because they had yeah. changed so much. Yep, yeah, I remember him telling me that. I think he's going to have a very hard time to getting used to not living in that tiny cell, being able to come and go as he, as he pleases. It's going to take a while. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. I don't think it could be any other way after you've been locked up that long. No. And he's being told what to do all the time. He's being told what to do and when to do it and how yeah. to do it. Uh, he can't have an opinion on anything. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to take a number of years, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's it from for me. That's the questions we had. I really appreciate you joining us today. Um, it, it's great to to just get a tangible feel for how Stephen's feeling and how the family are feeling um, mm -hmm. about this. And hopefully something mm -hmm. positive comes out of all of this. I wish you the very best for the future. Uh, I'm hoping that something very good comes out of this. And I thank you very much for this interview and for asking me to be here. And we got over our bumps there in the beginning. So <laughs> that's done now. We did. So I thank you. I thank you very much, Ed. Thanks a I lot, Sandy. Continue doing your, your perfect job that you're doing. I've watched a lot of the interviews, and they're good. So 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 Well, thanks, Sandy, uh, for that really interesting and open uh, discussion of how Stephen feels concerning this this news. And hopefully, as uh, time moves on, we will get some positive news and a positive outcome regarding what uh, new evidence Kathleen has found. So thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for speaking so openly. Um, I'd like to thank our supporters of the show. Um, Joe Doherty, Donna Jenkins, Lucy Green, Claire Malone, Ian Robbins, Elise Goff, Michael Saw, Pad Ryan and Wolf Ryan. Thank you for continuing to contribute to the show and to help keep this show going. Um, if you'd like to contribute and get your name on the credits, please feel free to follow the Ko-fi link that's in the pinned comment section. And please also subscribe to our Instagram page, which launched last weekend. Just search uh, Criminal Justice Natters on Instagram. You'll see the yellow signs and you can take it from there. Thank you very much for watching. I'll see you next time.